Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Now, as soon as the offering plates have passed, I'm going to invite, since we are not dismissing the children today, again, we're giving the teachers today off in celebration of our official Christmas service, and it's a short service, so I don't think we're going to have any behavior problems, but I am going to invite the children forward, have a little chat with the children, and honestly, everybody pay attention to this, because this is probably longer than my actual message. Uh, But children, come forward, sit on the stairs with me. Nobody going to sit on my left? We can balance this out a little bit. There we go. I've got a coin here. Remember, I think the first time we had one of these, I gave you all a little gold coin, didn't I? Not a gold coin, but a golden dollar. Pass that around and look at it. Anybody know what it is? Let me just show it to you really quick. See that big old coin? Anybody know what it is? It's not a quarter. It's a silver dollar. This is what the dollar coins... Oh, my goodness. I'm not picking it up. That's not my job. Where's our microphone microphone guy? Uh, That'll be all right. This is what uh, dollar coins looked like before they came out with, uh, well, they replaced it with something called the Susan B. Anthony dollar, which is a terrible coin. Uh, And then they replaced it with the Sacagawea dollar, then the presidential gold coins, which I really like. I love these coins. I just think they're nice. They're heavy. They're big. They're just a cool coin. But they don't make them anymore. And since they don't make them anymore, do you know what they're worth now? A dollar. It's worth a dollar. But to me, they're special. And so every time I can find one, I will buy it. I'll buy it from the bank, loose ones, you know. If, there's, if, if somebody, uh, uh, well, it used to be when I worked at a grocery store, I'd be cleaning out the registers. If I would find one, I would buy it. But, and maybe someday they'll go up in value. I just like to have them on hand, uh, and, and I don't hold on to them. And I've got several handfuls of these, but I don't hold on to them because I think they're going to make me rich. I just value them. It's just me. But they're not super valuable in and of themselves. They're valuable to me because I like them. And if I were to give you one, even if you don't care much about the coin, you would know that I value you. Right? Uh, Everybody's trying to figure out who's going to get this, right? Who do I value the most? Uh, If you like the coins, it might mean more if I gave it to you. But even if you're not crazy about the coins, you, would, you should appreciate if I give it to you because you know how much I value them. Um, now, if you want to talk about coins that are really worth something, I think the Zellers boys are into it. I know Dick is. He showed me a, a magazine the other day, a book, a little collector's guide, and I'm amazed at what a single coin can cost. But this is worth a dollar. And I can remember... I mentioned when I worked at the grocery store, I used to close, uh, close the registers down at night. That's why I lived in, in uh, Tulsa. And I'd go through these coins and uh, uh, these registers, and there would be these, a lot of half dollars, but also old war coins. 
some things that were, they're very, very old, that, that, that were probably worth something. Old silver certificates, uh, bills with uh, different colored ink on them. They were real, but they were old, and I knew what had happened. Their parents had these probably in a special drawer or a jar somewhere that they were saving, and the kids would come in with all this old money and exchange it for quarters for, anybody want to guess? For video games. So they'd come in with, with, with a bill, and who knows what it was worth or what it was going to be worth, but they didn't see the value in it. These children didn't know how much their parents valued it. They didn't know how, much, how valuable they really were. All they knew was, I can get quarters for it. Well, I valued it more than they did, and I would buy it at face value out of the register. And uh, I want you to think about that, because there are many people who don't know the value of, of very valuable things. And most importantly, you know, we're celebrating Christmas. What or who did God give the world at Christmas? Jesus. He gave us his only begotten son. And that's different because it's not just a matter of the value that others place on Jesus. Jesus is valuable. Jesus is worth all of creation. He is worth the whole universe and everything in it and more. Inherently. And he values you enough, values you so much, that he gave Jesus to you. Gave Jesus to us. Now, Jesus is valuable in and of himself, but there are some who don't value him. God gave Jesus, his son to us, Jesus gave his life to us, and some will trade it away. They'll trade their opportunity to know him, their opportunity to be saved by him, and trade it in for something that is worthless, the pleasures of sin. It's like those kids taking valuable money, not knowing its value, trading it in for quarters so they could play a silly game. We need to appreciate. We need to think about Jesus for who he is, and we need to remember how much God must love us to give us a gift like that. Again, he's not worth what he's worth because we love him. He's worth what he's worth because of who he is. But if we know that and know his worth, we will love him. I'm going to give you a dollar, one of you. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to give these to you. I, give my, I gave my little spiel about how much I like these coins. And again, they're only worth a dollar. But I wouldn't take a dollar for one of these. They're worth more than a dollar to me. And I want you to take these. You can carry it around. You can put it somewhere. Ooh, this is perfect. Look at that. You can carry it around with you. You can keep it someplace. But I want you to hang on. And you may have several of these already. I don't know. But I want you, when you come across this, to remember a couple things. Number one, much as I value these coins, I value you more. So I want you to have something that's very special to me. Also, want, I mostly want you, though, when you uh, feel it in your pocket or come across it wherever you store it, I want you to remember, you let this serve as a reminder of how much God values you. He must think a lot of us to give us who he gave us. He gave us his son because he values us. Amen? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for uh, sitting up here with me.
<laughs> what? <laughs> okay, Bible quiz. What does the word gospel mean? Good news. Good news. We're going to talk about good news, but first the bad news. I have always held to the doctrine of biblical inerrancy, but I have found an error in the first chapter, first verse of the first chapter of the book of Mark. Mark opens his account with these words, Mark 1.1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then proceeds to talk about the ministry of John the Baptist, which absolutely, that's not the funny part, that's not the error part. It's absolutely a fulfillment of prophecy, and it's a crucial part of the story of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus and his ministry. The point being that if we are truly going to appreciate and understand the ministry of Jesus Christ, we have to start, we have to take a look at the voice of one crying in the wilderness. My contention, though, is that it's an error to call this the beginning of the good news. Now, the word gospel, as used here in Mark, uh, the word, the Greek word is, uh, and, well, the anglicized version of the Greek word is evangelium or evangelion. Uh, it, it's from the word, the same word, uh, closely connected to evangelizo. It's just the it's just the verb form. The message is evangelion. To preach the message is evangelizo the good news, or saying the good news. Now, we have the English words, of course, evangelist. That's one who brings the good news. Uh, evangelize, that's to bring the good news. Um, and the evangel, which is the good news, right? It's, it's a kind of an archaic, but it means the gospel. And I mention this as sort of a cherry on top of what we've been talking about, had been talking about. Man, it seems like a long time since we've gotten together. You miss a week, you miss a lot, right? Uh, but we've been talking about uh, the, how I think it is not, uh, well, it's not biblically required, it's not a religious thing we need to fulfill. I just think it is good, good, good to celebrate the incarnation, the advent of Jesus into this world. And, uh, and let me say this, first of all, in defense of Matthew, and to allay any concerns you may have about heresy, on my part, considering biblical inerrancy. I really don't think he made a mistake. By the time Matthew set his account down, that word, gospel, was already beginning to morph into another meaning. It gener it didn't, there's nothing inherently religious about the word evangel uh, evangelium. It just means good news. But the gospel, by the time Matthew wrote the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, was already beginning to specifically mean the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Still, it's significant to me that we read in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now there were, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, 
which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That word there in verse 10 where it says good tidings, that's the word evangelizo. I am delivering the good news. So there, Mark, there's the beginning of the gospel. Not the, the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, but his birth in Bethlehem. I bring you the gospel. I evangelize you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. What? Something's going to happen 30 years from now, 33 years from now? No. Today is born unto you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The beginning of the good news. Now we could go back further. We could go back to the prophecies of Isaiah and Micah and others. We could go back to the covenant with Abraham where he said, I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. This was a direct reference to the gospel, to the good news. We could go back to the garden. Do you remember after the fall of man when God pronounced curses on the ground, on the man, on the woman, on the serpent, and he told the serpent uh, that his head would be crushed by the seed of a woman. This is known as the Proto-Evangelium, or the first gospel. This was God speaking of his redemptive work thousands of years before Jesus came. And I like that word, proto-evangelium, because it's not the evangel, not the gospel as we preach it, as we have received it, but it hints at something. It is still a firm declaration of good news for us. And next week, this is what I'm really excited about. It would have been this week if we, but we put everything back a week because of last week. Make sense? Next week, we are going to go back even further than Genesis chapter 3. We are going to go back to creation, to the creation of the stars and planets, other heavenly bodies, and we are going to read and learn about how God put a message there that could be read and would be read by mankind many, many years later. What we're going to be talking about next week is the Magi. And where they got, I'll tell you right now, I cannot tell you for certain what star they saw, what it was. But we are going to learn some fascinating things about the Magi that many of you probably are aware of, but many of you probably are not. It's one of my favorite things to look into, and I have not really talked deeply about it. But we will be looking at that next week. So yeah, one more Christmas message before we get into the, the fun fast. As for the news as news, not looking forward, not promising, not, not prophesying, but announcing that the good news has happened, this is it. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Today is born unto you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Praise and worship team, you can actually be coming back up here. Probably shouldn't even sat down, huh? Good news, great joy. Stand up with me. I'll ask you this. 
And to our visitors, please know, please know that uh, if you come back next week, uh, it won't be this short. <laughs> I don't know if that's good news or bad news. We uh, want to see you again anyway. I, uh, I haven't preached the full message. I don't remember the last time I preached the full message based on Luke 2. Uh, I did it every year for a number of years, and I may have done it last year, but if you have been around long enough, you've seen me choke up over that verse. <laughs> it was years before I could read it out loud where it says today. It was years before I could read it out loud without crying. And here I'm struggling. <laughs> Today, because there had been so much prophecy, so much suffering, so much waiting, they knew it wasn't a surprise that there would be a Messiah. They were prepared, and they were, as many of them were longing, hungry for Messiah. And God had sent, I would I always call them saviors with a little s, judges, kings, uh, miracle-working prophets. He would send people that he would raise people up to rescue, to save Israel uh, from their enemies, from certain episodes. But all of these were just, they weren't mistaken for the Messiah. They knew a Messiah that was going to come and save them once and for all. And so this angelic announcement is so powerful because it says the waiting is over. I've got good news for you, says the angel. Today is born unto you a Savior. Capital S. Not just a Savior. A Savior, which is Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior you've been waiting for. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, God the Son who humbled himself. who condescended to becoming one of us for our sake. You know, <laughs> oh, I better be careful. Well, let me, I started to give you a specific example, but I think I'll keep it in very generic terms. But how many of you consider the home in which you live to be modest? humble, that there's nothing fancy, nothing special. It's just, it's a comfortable home. Some of you might live in what you consider to be a mansion or really uh, super nice digs. Some of you may live in places that you consider a hole, all right? I consider our home to be, a, we, we have, I, I love our house. Uh, we live in a comfortable home. It's got its issues like many older houses, uh, especially in the older part of the house. Uh, but you spend a few days where maybe the water doesn't work or maybe uh, there's not a comfortable bed to sleep in. Uh, maybe a, a more a, a safer specific example would be uh, you're out in the field in the military. You spend a lot of time out in the field sleeping on the ground, sleeping on rocks. And then suddenly you come back to your humble home and you realize, wow, this is really nice. And the, the, the nicer things you are accustomed to and used to, the harder it is to go to 
places that aren't so nice. Where there's maybe a bug infestation or rodents or something like that that you have to think about, that you never had to think about in your house. I want you to understand that Jesus left heaven to come here. Now, the earth is good and the earth is beautiful, but this is a fallen earth full of fallen, messed up people. And Jesus left the glory of heaven, perfect fellowship with the Godhead, to come live here and go through what he went through for us. Not only did he condescend, I'm just trying to get you to understand, it was a big change to go from that to this. Just to live here, just to be born and live here. He not only did that, he died here at the hands of filthy, fallen mankind. He didn't just condescend to become one of us. He laid his life down. They didn't kill him against his will. That was the purpose he came for. He did all of that to give his life as a ransom for many. How many? As many as will receive it. I believe the Bible is 100% clear on that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, anybody can be saved. And the price that God paid, the blood of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ is enough to save the world. But just as we, just as in the chat with the children, not everybody values Jesus. Not everybody sees him for who he is. I pray for uh, some very special people in my life. My prayer for them, my daily prayer is let them just see Jesus for who he is. If they could see him like I see him, how can they but love him? And when you recognize who he is, what he is, what he represents, if you understand it and then reject it, you're a fool. Absolute fool. There is only one way to get out of this world alive and walk into true life, eternal life, and that is through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. His being born was a big deal because he knew before he left heaven where this was going to end up, and he still came, and that was good news of great joy for us. My question to you today is, have you accepted that precious gift? Have you called upon the name of the Lord? If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's as as simply as I can lay it out there, and that's straight from Paul. Romans chapter 10. So I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and at the end of that prayer, if you desire to give your life to Christ, And you give your life to him by receiving the life that he gave you. You're simply acknowledging, I can't save myself. If you could save yourself, Christ need not have died. God gave Jesus to us because it was the only way back to him. None of us gets there by ourselves. None of us is good enough. The Bible's crystal clear about that too. But he doesn't just make you better. 
You're not just sick. If you're, in, if, if you're a sinner, an unsafe sinner, you're dead spiritually. He didn't come to make you better. He came to make you live. Why did he come? That you might have life and have it more abundantly. You, want to, you, don't, you don't need a cure. You need a new birth. So come be born again. I'm asking you just to come up here and let me pray with you if you've never prayed that prayer. It's as simple as that. You become a new person, a new creation. You go from being unsaved to saved, unchristian to Christian, dead to alive. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the evangelion, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming. Thank you for living. Thank you for ministering. Thank you for dying and for rising from the dead. Father, it's my prayer, and I believe it's an echo. It's, this prayer is echoed by every believer in the sound of my voice, that if there's anybody in the sound of my voice who has not made that decision, has not received that gift of eternal life, has not bowed before you as Lord and received you as Savior, that they would be pierced, that they would be moved and be aware of their peril as only you can make them aware, and that you would grant them the humility the wisdom, and the boldness to come and receive that gift of eternal life today. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to anybody who needs to know that and giving them the push they need to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.